Chapter 10, The Point of No Return Stay in a space of stillness as I share with you a story that, for me, was profound and metaphorical awakening the intuitive in me. It was a clear night, and I was sitting outside. Earlier, I'd watched a beautiful sunset, but by now the sun had set and the air was crisp, clear, cool, and refreshing. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. As I looked up into the clear night sky, I saw an endless abyss of stars. I'd seen this sight many times, and although it never ceased to amaze me, that night it held a new lesson. In that moment, I heard God speak within me. Do you understand the purpose of night and day? God asked. Do you see that day and night are more than a physical process, making the end of a day and beginning of a night? Everything within me awakened, and I said, Yes, I understand. I understood in that moment that the blue sky we see on any given day is nothing more than a reflection off the water molecules as the sun hits them. The blue gives us this incredible illusion that the infinite black is not out there. We experience this illusion for hours a day, but the blue sky does not really exist. Only the black, infinite sky is out there. I believe that blue sky is a God-given perceptual break from the incomprehensible, infinite reality of the universe, of what we are, one tiny part of. I think God gives us this blue sky illusion because if we were forced to face that black infinity on an ongoing basis, especially when we are not fully conscious, it would be too much to handle. Blue sky is kindergarten consciousness. It represents a state of ignorance. We all start there, and some of us live our whole lives believing that blue sky illusion. As we spend more and more time in life's classroom, we realize there's a purpose to the blue sky and a purpose to the inky night sky. I realize that believing in the blue sky made me feel comfortable, loved, and appreciated. Who doesn't love a blue sky? It makes us think that all is well and we are safe, but it's an illusion. How do we come to terms with the truth that the sky is really infinite blackness? How do we become comfortable with that infinite black space, with that unknown, ever-expanding universe? What I've done is become comfortable with the fact that in a physical sense, within the space of infinity, I am nothing. If it takes the light from stars, millions of light years to reach me, the sheer distance it must travel boggles my mind. I cannot comprehend it. But that night, sitting outside, Looking to that dark, ever-expanding universe, I became comfortable with my insignificance. I realized that the purpose of the blue sky was to give me a break from the purpose of the night sky, which was to show me who I am. Be ready to see not only what is apparent to your eyes, but also that which is hidden and far beyond your comprehension. Be open to messages and truths that come from a place you and I cannot fathom, describe, or understand At one time, anything that could not be physically substantiated by the senses or understood by the human mind was considered the dark side. The dark created fear. But now we know that the dark, ever-expanding universe is the truth of things, not the illusion of blue sky. Think about this and practice amazement. Sit with the dark night sky as I did. Smile at its lesson. Understand the beautiful truth and humor that it is all dark space, ever-expanding. It's all unknown. As you embrace the dark reality of infinite space, your intuition will deepen. As a result, you will become more comfortable with what you are, a speck of matter in a dark and infinitely expanding universe. 
none of us will ever completely understand our experiences in this dark and infinite universe. As your intuition deepens, you will have moments, as I do, in which you'll want to close that newly developed intuitive eye and bring back that comforting blue sky. There will be times when you will try and convince yourself. No, it's all blue sky. This is all there is. It's all about going to work, making a living, raising a family. That's all. This planet Earth is all there is. The idea that other life is out there is a joke. The planet and the blue sky, that's it. See that blue sky? Right here is where all the answers are. It's all contained right here under the blue sky. Life isn't infinite. There are no other life forms out there having similar experiences to yours. Surely we have nothing in common. We are alone, all alone. When the intuitive eye is open and alert, we face the reality that we are a speck of dust floating amidst an infinite number of specks of dust in a black, ever-expanding universe. You accept that the why of most of your experiences is and will always be unknown to you. You don't understand it, and nobody else understands the why of their experiences either. The true force of life, which I call God, is invisible much of the time, but the force makes matter what it is. Many questions arise. Does the universe in and of itself have order? Is there an order that began the universe? The true force of life, which I call God, is invisible much of the time, but that force makes matter what it is. Many questions arise. Does the universe in and of itself have order? Is there an order that began the universe? Did matter come first, or did the force that created matter come first? Was evolution brought about by the nature of things created or by an external force? The way I understand it is, there's an initial force of order behind all matter that brought matter into existence. There wouldn't be matter unless there was a force that created matter. Think of this as an analogy. The boxcar at the end of the train does not move on its own. It needs an engine. To me, the engine of all organization in the universe is life, or God, which makes life form out of matter. Life, or God, makes matter, matter. God creates form out of matter. We can doubt and resist this truth and create another illusion similar to the blue sky. We can say we are God, but in truth, we are of God just as matter is of God. As compared to religious and scientific views, the spiritual view asks, did creation arrive completely out of nothing? And if it did arrive out of nothing, what force or intention brought it out of nothing? Isn't there an intention or force that brings even our ideas into existence? Does the type of atom or matter that life or God created give it an ability to bond with other atoms? Yes, but the ability to bond is given by what created matter in the first place. Life, God. So matter, by itself, cannot and does not create itself. The force of life that creates matter also gives matter form and the ability to change form. If you embrace the intuitive way, the way of unconditional love, acceptance, peace, and compassion, you will look at that night sky as the true reality, and you will become comfortable with how much you don't know. From that realization, you will live your life knowing that on a blue sky day, you will choose to live from the reality of the night sky. With a deep intuitive knowing that you are a speck of dust among millions of specks of dust expanding in an ever-expanding universe. This is the point of no return. The point at which you become conscious enough to know that you are one with all things. Living in duality is over. You know that your life is nothing more than a drop in the ocean. This is the point where you become conscious with your unity with all matter. It's no longer about you and your answers You give up control that you will ever make sense of it all. It's beyond the point of having all the answers and being in control. All those fallacies. Don't stay at this point of no return. 
My advice is to move past this point of no return, of emptiness, and completely fall in love with the unknown darkness, the infinite black sky. Embrace the darkness and the unknowingness within you. Surrender to something so beyond that you cannot comprehend it. But you love it and you embrace it anyway because it is the force of life. It is God. The night sky, as astronomers have shown us, has a marvelous synchronistic force and order. Living life from the reality of the night sky means that we allow all moments which are infinite to touch us infinitely. These moments are the presence of God and they are being intimate with us. Eventually, we learn to become aware of how these unseen forces move and shift, what kinds of patterns they have, what kind of order and purpose we sit in life's classroom and study. Eventually, we become comfortable with the unseen and the infinite and the unknown forms it may take. We leave behind the perceptions of the world that we were so sure of when we were not as conscious. We can't live all the time in that place of this truth. We let it go. We look back at the blue sky. But we remember the reality of the black unknown infinite sky. We remember God's force, an intimate presence beyond that blue sky illusion. As a start, let this truth help you make small but important changes. For example, let's stop using old and getting older to define ourselves. Those terms are as inaccurate as the blue sky we think of as real. Just as blue sky is an illusion, so is time, which is a human-created illusion. As we let go of more and more illusions, the following truth becomes apparent. Every life form constantly undergoes change as a natural result of the order within the field of life. The deepest intention of life is to create and change form so that consciousness continues to increase and resistance to life in all its manifestations continues to decrease. As we become more conscious and lessen our resistance to change, we accept that life has an order and a force and we surrender to it. When we move from illusion of blue sky as our comfort and safety to the reality of the unseen forces of the dark and infinite universe, we have released our need to be sure of anything. We have released our need to control our lives. We surrender to the unseen forces of life and its creator. Humans, trees, plants, other animals change form constantly. You are not in the same form as you were when you were six months old or even six years old. When we turn one year old, what a party people give us. Wow, look at you, they say. Wow, look at you, you're walking. Now look at you, you're riding your bike. Look at how big you're getting. Wow, you're turning into a nice young lady. Now look at you, carrying a child inside of you. Then, right around the 40 to 50 year old mark, which is when we begin to describe ourselves as old and getting older and create issues around age because ignorantly, We believe in the aging process and in degeneration of our bodies and our form. In our culture, getting older has a negative connotation, but there's the truth. If we are getting older, then life is getting older. We are a speck of life itself. And if we keep perceiving getting older as negative, we will resist the natural rate of change and through resistance accelerate the rate at which we grow older. Why stop celebrating? Even when we do celebrate age as a triumphant accomplishment, we usually don't celebrate the changes in our body that got us there. Some people become hypersensitive to changes in their body. Instead of embracing the changes with love, acceptance, and peace, they dread them. All of a sudden, our world that was full of infinite, ever-expanding possibilities becomes a small blue-sky illusion again. 
When you begin to dread and fear the aging process, you are no longer living from your true place in the dark, infinite universe. You are living from the blue sky illusion, again believing the illusion that you are defined by your bodily form. Our souls are infinite. Our bodies change because life changes all forms. Life itself changes. Why resist it or dread those changes? I believe we need to accept change as a result of the force of life, which affects everything, including us. Let's not identify your soul, which is infinite, with your form that is naturally changing. If we are getting old, then so is life. When we embrace this truth, we save ourselves unnecessary suffering. Trees are a beautiful example of not resisting change. Every fall, the unforeseen forces and order of life brings change of colors to their leaves. Then, as winter, their most challenging season approaches. The trees do not hang on to their leaves. They let them fall. Trees allow the loss. They go with it. They don't resist. What happens next? Their non-resistance brings a springtime of new birth. Sure, some oaks and older trees do hang on to their leaves, but in most cases, a tree that holds on to its leaves when the species usually lets them fall indicates the tree is unhealthy. We are meant to lose our leaves as well, and we are meant to do it over and over again, going through a shedding and through a change of form. Forever we will be going through a change in our form because we are forever a part of life, the infinite field of life which is forever. Change is a constant sign of the presence of God. Can you think of wrinkles as a sign of God's presence? They are. All change is a sign of the infinite. Changes in our bodies and form are beautiful, especially when they are unimpeded and unresisted. As you follow the lessons of the practice, you will find yourself enjoying all that life and God has to offer you in the way of experience and change. A while back, I began to notice that I was losing some of my hair, as if I haven't always been losing my hair. In an attempt to surrender to what I thought as the worst-case scenario, I cut my hair very short. I looked in the mirror until I could say, so what? We need to disempower our fear of our bodily form changing, or the fear will control us. It will control what we're capable of being and becoming. It will control how quickly we become conscious. As I suggested in an earlier chapter, harmonize with a possible future experience that bothers you, worries you, or concerns you. Something you dread. Just bring yourself into that situation, like I did cutting my hair off, or visualize your fear happening, as I did with my son getting hit by the car. When we harmonize with what we fear might change, we are disempowering the fear, no matter what it might be about. Change is constant, the only true constant. Might as well embrace it. Every day, whether we admit it or not, our bodily form is changing. I now love my form, whatever form that might be. Come to a place where you do too. Be happy to have a body, but don't allow it to define you. Because if it does, then you will have no peace in your soul as it changes. Practice living life so that all the resistance is gone. Take it all out. Let go of the whole idea of bodily form around which our culture places so much emphasis. As your life becomes more and more balanced, honest, peaceful, what else can you do but accept change? Learn from it. Love it. Embrace it. Live it. And remind yourself every day that it's going to change. Your life also has a form. Each of our lives have a certain form, a certain context, a structure, a repetitive quality. What form is your life taking right now? So what will the form of your life do? Change, of course. As you observe your life, you will notice that it changes from moment to moment. We barely notice this continuous momentary change because we are in blue sky thinking where everything is defined and under control. 
But in every instance, in every time, the truth of life is that what is beyond the blue sky, it's the same with our physical bodies, and that's the same with the form of our lives. It's all in flux, all the time. So what you consider to be a surprise in your life, I consider to be the very thing that needs to happen next. We may never know why it had to happen, but that's an irrelevant question. Continue to be open so you can see the continuous change and order of life more clearly. When you no longer rely on your emotions or our blue sky notions of time as guides, and when you no longer resist aging, death, or loss, you will come to a place of peace with life, and that place will amaze you. How about the form of your beliefs? Your beliefs change like your body changes and the form of your life changes. When we don't allow our beliefs to change or the form of our lives to change shape, and when we resist our bodily changes, we are believing that the blue sky is all there is, that it's not an illusion, that we are in control. The world is full of people who do exactly this. They are desperately trying to hold on to the idea that nothing changes, and they suffer incredibly as a result. But their suffering is not going to prevent change. We can release the authority of old beliefs now that we know who we are, and we can live from the infinite universe. There is an incredible lack of density in the universe. There's way too much space for everything not to continue to expand. We cannot be contained. There's too much space. We are primarily surrounded, not by matter, but by space. Someday you will look at the infinite universe and say, The universe is me, and I am the universe. I am what the universe is, and it is what is me. What else could you say? If the universe is full of space and expansion, so are you. For you are a small part of it. Our planet comes from that universe and is a part of it. And our form comes from this planet. We are of that starry sky. When you can accept that truth, you can realize that form is irrelevant. Think of it this way. I will be in one form or another forever because I am the I am. And you are the I am. And we will be in one form or another forever. Some forms you might like, others you may not. The practice is about loving them all throughout this life and for eternity. On some level, it's all the same experience. So fall in love, no matter your form, no matter what form your life takes, no matter what form or no form your beliefs take. Eventually, each form will change because life keeps changing. So I'm jogging on a beautiful day. I have run the same run before. From my office, down to Edgewater Park, out past Wendy Park, to the Coast Guard Station on the shores of Lake Erie, and then back to my office. The sanitation is along this route, and when I first ran this route, the smell from the sanitation department was overwhelming. It was just like, shit. No other word fits. It literally smelled like shit. On my run that day, I breathed very shallowly as I passed the sanitation department, trying not to let the smell affect me. I was happy to get past it. On the return loop back, I had to pass through that shit again, and I saw the sanitation department ahead. Suddenly, I sensed God speaking. It has been one of the profound characteristics of my life that God teaches me something when I need it. I hear the inner voice of God asking me, Why did you try to stop breathing when you ran through the air by the sanitation department? Because it smelled like shit, I said. You are of the same origin as that shit, God said. Then I realized the truth. Oh my God. I am from the same elements as the shit. What is in it is in me. Its chemical bonds are the same as mine. Its carbon molecules are no different than mine. Why do I believe I have the right to judge and label it? Those microscopic forms of life producing that odor benefit from the same field of life as I. They too have to be here. Then God said to me, on your run back, you must embrace that. 
you must breathe with greater acceptance. If you don't, you will always see it as something separate from you, something that you are either above or that is beneath you. You must embrace every part of life as necessary and as equal, even though you don't understand why. That smell is there because I allow it to be there for some reason, and you must embrace it completely. Otherwise, you will separate yourself by an illusion of choice from part of life. Wow, I thought. So I ran back past the sanitation department, and I breathed deep running breaths. I'm not going to lie to you. Even though I knew that what God said to me was profoundly true, I wasn't completely comfortable. It smelled. But I made an important shift that day. I recognized that I saw that there was still a part of me that held on to the same blue sky thinking that I wasn't a part of the shit, that it wasn't me. I surrendered right then and right there. I breathed the smell in and I harmonized myself to it. I was glad I did. It was a while before I ran that route again, but when I did, the smell didn't bother me in the least. I was past the sanitation department before I even realized that I had come through that smelly section of life without noticing it. I didn't even think about it being smelly. That's what less resistance does. It takes the suffering out of everything. We all have shit in our lives in one form or another. Things stink and you don't want to accept them. You don't like them. You want to judge and label them as bad or wrong, as shit. These old patterns of ignorance related to the blue sky illusion. Once you get this illusion, you know that it's just stuff that doesn't smell good. It's life in a different form. It's in another life form that's moving up to a higher level of life. It's just life. Don't give it a negative label that brings about a fear, resistance, judgment, or condemnation. Don't give it a negative word like old, sinful, shit, or evil. It is what it is. Otherwise, it would be something different. Anything that is a part of life is a part of you and me. It is a part of life. Nothing is outside of life or God. People want to put certain events and situations outside God so they can believe that God is who they believe God to be. This is a blue sky reality because if you, I, the universe, are expanding infinitely, so is God because nothing is outside of God, which is life. But I mean it when I say that it's okay if you're not ready to live from the starry infinite night sky. If you choose to live from your intuition in a space of unconditional love, peace, and acceptance, then think about the meaning of unconditional. It doesn't mean we love until, until it smells bad, until she has cellulite, until he has wrinkles. Unconditional means unconditional. Living this way is how we can best get along with an infinite field called life forever. If we're going to get along with something that we're going to be a part of forever, there can be no conditions on our love for life. It's a good thing that life is a good teacher because we're going to experience the same situations over and over until we stop realizing we're running by the sanitation department. We stop labeling anything as shit. We enjoy every moment along the way and we consider it all a part of the journey, all a part of the experience. We love it all unconditionally. But you won't experience this kind of love until you start looking past the blue sky. Blue sky is a nice break from reality. Everyone loves a blue sky. But you'll only see the real deal when the sky is dark and infinite. This is the universe we live in. When you keep that perspective, you can enjoy the blue sky, but you never forget what's behind it. I'll close the chapter with a story from my healing practice. A wonderful man, who I will call Adam, who was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, came to see me. He had been told he had five months to live. He told me that he came to see me because, after all, he's coming to see everybody right now. 
I just want to go through this experience with some dignity and some quality of life, he said. Adam, I said, I need you to accept a basic truth if there's anything I can do to help you. What basic truth, Adam said. How do you see yourself? How do you define yourself, I asked him. He sat there struggling with the question. Who asked me these kinds of questions, he said. So I walked him through it. Do you believe in a force of life, I asked. Do you believe there's something that gives us the force of life? Yes, he said. Okay, are you okay with me calling that force of life God? Yeah, he said. So you agree with that, I said, looking at him. And do you believe that you are in a form we call human form? Yeah, he answered again. So do you see any argument with calling yourself a result of the God force in human form? You are God in human form. You are the product of the force of life the source of which is coming from God, manifesting itself into a human form. Do you know that to be true in this moment? Can you accept that? Yes, he said. But doesn't that sound pompous? I could still see he had some blue sky in his reality. To call himself God in human form violated a bunch of really big rules. So I said to Adam, if the truth is pompous, then the truth is pompous. Maybe we're all really underestimating ourselves because we can't believe a simple truth that we are all part of life of God. Adam realized this truth. I also taught him several teachings from the book about emotions and feelings not being good guides to live by, about refusing to be the victim of other people's feelings. As Adam lay on the exam table, I could not put my hand on his stomach because the pancreatic cancer was causing him such pain. He couldn't even touch his own stomach without pain. He was on morphine and an Oxycontin for pain. Even so, the pain was excruciating. By the end of the visit, Adam was pressing on his abdomen and breathing deeply, free of pain. Yet, when he left, it wasn't the relief from the pain that he was most grateful for. Thank you so much for taking the time to help me see these things, he said. He was talking about his realization that he was a part of life, of God. When you live the teachings of the practice, it will become apparent in your life and you too will be able to articulate these teachings so they help others. You will be an example of that which you truly are. When Adam walked out of my office, I said, I'd like to see you in a few days. I've got to tell you something, he said. I've gone to several doctors and walked out of their offices completely overwhelmed. I realized he was referring to the sensory overload. He was overwhelmed by perception, emotional reactions, what they do to the body. And I'm walking out of your office today, Adam continued, completely overwhelmed but in a different way. I am overwhelmed by peace right now. Does it really matter at this point what happens to this man's form? No, because all the pressure is off of him. He's focusing on his relationship with life, his relationship with the giver of life, God. Within an hour, he's touching his stomach. He may still die soon, but death is an inevitable eventuality for every form. Adam was an example of how the practice can help you find peace and dignity for the rest of your life. Regardless of what life may hold, these teachings give us a way to experience life with a high level of quality and dignity. Try it. Look past the blue sky of your own death. Go through it. Embrace and experience it with a sense of quality and dignity. Don't allow the perception of what we think death is to control how you experience it. Get out and sit in that night sky. Then give up and live life with dignity, peace, and love through all its infinite stages and changes.